A spike in deaths for Chinese Communist Party members amid China's pneumonia outbreak. Plus an eight-year-old patient hit with a brain attack, typically seen in patients around 70 years old. Surging pneumonia infections leading U.S. lawmakers to raise concerns over China's transparency. Chinese influence operations uncovered and removed from Meta. The social media giant says China-linked campaigns are ramping up and fake accounts are targeting Americans. And former diplomat Henry Kissinger dies at 100 years old. After a hundred visits to China during his service, he's known to have pushed the U.S.-China relations opening decades ago. It's a pragmatism. It means we ignore, you know, the, the ideology of regime where we're in many ways more tolerant. Welcome to China In Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. An unusual death spike in China's ongoing pneumonia outbreak centered on members of the Chinese Communist Party. Nine professors died in the week ending in November 20th. Eight of them are Chinese Communist Party members. The youngest was 41 years old. None of the obituaries mentioned cause of death. The deaths come as patients suffer from an undiagnosed pneumonia that's overwhelming hospitals across China. And it's not a new trend. Back in October, at least 66 high-level CCP officials passed away. A more recent peak came last December when the CCP virus, which causes COVID-19, swept China. Over 60 high-level party officials died within a single month. Besides the officials, reports of tragedies are coming out of the country. Just days after an eight-year-old boy was diagnosed with mycoplasma pneumonia, he was diagnosed with brain infarction. Chinese media reports say doctors took out large chunks of blood clots during his surgery. Brain infarction typically occurs in patients 70 years or older. As the current pneumonia outbreak rages through China, schools in big cities across the country are urging sick teachers and students to stay home. We spoke to a Beijing resident about the situation. Over half of the school students are infected. The teachers have been infected as well. As for my family, we're all infected. The current outbreak has mostly affected children, but a Chinese medical expert is raising concerns that older adults in China may be the next target. That's as the country approaches New Year celebrations, a time where families often travel for the holiday. A doctor from Beijing said she saw about 100 patients on Monday alone. Most of them were elderly. China's elderly died in droves after Beijing lifted its pandemic restrictions, overwhelming hospitals and funeral homes at the time. Yet on Wednesday, China's foreign minister played down the outbreak. In a speech to the United Nations, he said the situation is under control and that China welcomes visitors from around the world. The World Health Organization is following up with China about its ongoing outbreak. One issue the agency is seeking to understand, resistance to antibiotics. The drugs are used to treat the infection caused by mycoplasma pneumonia, but doctors are seeing widespread resistance to them. Because of it, the pneumonia outbreak could risk fostering an even bigger threat, the development of antibiotic-resistant strains of a common and potentially deadly bacteria. We'll keep you updated as the situation develops. Lawmakers are raising transparency concerns over China's virus outbreak. Congress is now probing the CDC to find out how the agency is responding. NTD's Melina Weiskup reports from Capitol Hill. 
overwhelming many hospitals. Infections of this pneumonia are spreading quickly among children in China and have now even extended to adults, with medications being useless to help. Chinese reports indicate that the request for medical care is so high that Beijing has been forced to reopen makeshift hospitals just to cope. Here's what the CDC director had to say about this new virus when testifying before a House committee. Correct. Not a novel virus. Again, we have been in, in, in close touch with um, our counterparts in China, um, and that information has been corroborated. And you feel confident that they have China's being transparent with them as for the information that you have? Well, I think, you know, scientific diplomacy is um, incredibly important um, in that part of the world. This comes as an insider account reveals that the rest of the world and even those inside China may be left in the dark about the reality of this new outbreak. A whistleblower told our sister media outlet, the Epoch Times, that the CCP leader Xi Jinping has actually ordered officials to downplay reporting of this new respiratory illness and to avoid using the term COVID-19. They're not forthcoming. They don't want to lose face, and as a result, people die. And so we've got to keep an eye on it. That being said, I mean, we still have the same problem we had in some sense with COVID, which is like the data coming out of China is so opaque, there's no transparency, and that's what makes it hard to analyze what the risk is beyond China's borders. The Energy and Commerce Committee has asked the CDC to be on guard about this new outbreak and to better prepare to provide more transparency into the true nature of the virus. They didn't tell us the truth during COVID. They held back on what was happening probably uh, for weeks, if not months, which resulted in a worldwide pandemic. So I'm skeptical also about what's happening in China and we need to know what, what it is. Now the Energy and Commerce Committee is requesting the CDC to answer a long list of questions on the virus by December 13th, including things such as if the CCP has tried to withhold or delay providing information about this virus and what information, if any, has the CDC received from China on the virus. Reporting from Capitol Hill, Melina Weiskup, NTD News. Now on high alert, Taiwan's health ministry has advised the elderly, young children and those with weak immunity to avoid unnecessary travel to mainland China. This notice also covers Hong Kong and Macau. Taiwan has been wary of disease outbreaks in China since the SARS outbreak two decades ago. Foreign influence networks are on the chopping block this year, according to Meta. The social media giant says it took down five distinct Chinese networks in its quarterly report. All five were found to be targeting audiences overseas through fake accounts. And China had more of the operations active than any other nation. Meta pointed out an important shift from the 2020 election cycle to the current lead up to next year's race. Between 2017 and later 2020, the company removed two Chinese networks. Both had focused on audiences in the Asia Pacific region. Compared to the more recent five networks, one of which featured nearly 5,000 fake accounts and targeted American audiences. An earlier Meta report noted that one recent campaign was active across every major social media platform and over 50 total websites. The campaigns have surfaced as U.S.-China tensions continue running high and could reflect Beijing's fears that Washington is cutting off its access to cutting-edge technology and markets. Washington accuses China of issues like intellectual property theft, espionage and human rights abuses. A spokesperson for the Chinese embassy in Washington denied being aware of the campaign on Meta platforms. 
American diplomat Henry Kissinger died Wednesday at his home in Connecticut. He was 100 years old. Among the global leaders who sent condolences was Chinese Communist Party head Xi Jinping. The former Secretary of State's death also prompted mourning on Chinese social media. Watch. An adjunct professor of a Chinese university says China wouldn't have become what it is today without Kissinger. More specifically, his efforts to engineer Washington's opening up to Beijing decades ago. I'm not saying that all Chinese recognize this, but I think that intellectuals do know that without a U.S.-China detente, uh, uh, better relations until uh, the end of the 80s, uh, China wouldn't have the space, the international space, to grow as it did. Kissinger was at the height of his career in the 1970s when he served as Secretary of State. He had a hand in many global events at the time. His policy with the Soviet Union in the Cold War, with the Middle East and the Vietnam War, reshaped the global political map. On top of that, he was also the architect for the establishment of U.S.-China diplomatic ties. Since then, he visited China a hundred times. The final trip was a sudden visit to Beijing earlier this year. He met with Chinese leader Xi Jinping. Despite high tensions between the U.S. and China, Kissinger was called an old friend of Chinese people by Beijing. His realism is very important. It's a pragmatism. It means we ignore, you know, the, the ideology of regime where we're in many ways more tolerant. And we try to establish collaboration on that basis. That's in light of what Kissinger once said, a country that demands moral perfection in its foreign policy will achieve neither perfection nor security. As the saying goes, a friend in need is a friend indeed. That's how the U.S. ambassador to Japan addressed a fatal U.S. military aircraft crash when he met with Japan's foreign minister on Thursday. The fact that you have both the Coast Guard, all three branches of the self-defense forces, but also local fishermen out in the waters searching for U.S. servicemen says that we are not just treaty allies, but we are friends and we have a good friend in Japan. At least one crew member was killed when a U.S. Air Force Osprey plane crashed off the coast of western Japan on Wednesday. The Japan Coast Guard is still searching for the other seven crew members. Japan is also asking the U.S. to suspend all non-emergency V-22 Osprey flights in the country after it has suspended its own Osprey flights. About 54,000 U.S. troops are stationed in Japan many of them in the strategically important southern island chain that says China becomes more assertive in the South China Sea. The U.S.-Japan alliance is the cornerstone of regional security in the Indo-Pacific region. Updates from Taiwan. The island reported more Chinese military activities around the island on Thursday. That's including by helicopters, warships and fighter jets. Eleven of those aircraft crossed the Taiwan Strait's median line, an unofficial barrier between the two sides. The drills come as Taiwan's January election nears. Relations with China are a major point of contention. On top of military concerns, Google is now warning that Beijing is waging a number of cyber attacks on Taiwan. A senior engineering manager in Google's threat analysis division says that the tech giant has seen a, quote, massive increase in Chinese cyber attacks on Taiwan in the past six months. Just out of China alone, over a hundred groups are targeting everything, including Taiwan's defense sector, government and private industry. Given the situation, that enemy label may be translating to the West. A new U.S. poll finds over half of Americans see China as the greatest threat to the country. That's over Russia and Iran, despite the wars in Israel and Ukraine. 
Nearly 80 percent of Americans view China as an enemy, up by more than 20 percent compared to 2018 before the pandemic. Most of them also support building up the American military to counter a potential Chinese invasion of Taiwan. So is an invasion imminent? What do leaders in Taiwan think? In an interview with the New York Times, Taiwan's President Tsai Ing-wen said China is too overwhelmed to consider an invasion. She said that Chinese leadership is currently dealing with internal challenges, and so she doesn't think Beijing is planning a major invasion of Taiwan right now. She pointed to China's internal economic, financial and political challenges, as well as international pressure. America's largest bank says it would leave China if the U.S. government orders it to. Here's what J.P. Morgan Chase's CEO Jamie Dimon said earlier this week. If some of those people are doing things that we think are truly bad, we would not bank them. And I think it's good for an American bank to be there to help American, you know, multinationals around the world and China with their own development if it makes sense. If for some reason the American government says, nope, can't do that anymore, then so be it. If the American government makes me leave China, I'm leaving China. He made the comment while talking about a potential Chinese invasion of Taiwan. The Chinese regime claims the island as its own, despite never having ruled it. Diamond noted that if there is a war in Taiwan, you would take all bets off. And he said that it would be really bad for the world and the people in China. JP Morgan, which says on its website that it has been active in China for a century, does investment, corporate banking, payments, and asset management there. Like TikTok's parent company, ByteDance, and fast fashion's Shein. The U.S. isn't exporting as much agricultural product to China as it used to. Trade data shows U.S. exports to China dropped nearly 20 percent compared to last year. It's the slowest pace in three years. Agricultural Secretary Tom Vilsack said China took advantage of lower prices for corn and soya from Brazil. China has taken the opportunity, as they often do, to take advantage of low cost. Uh, now, I would uh, indicate that I think over time uh, we'll, we'll continue to see a writing and balancing of that. Uh, at the same time, I think it's important for the United States to take this opportunity uh, to understand the importance of diversifying its market opportunities away from an over-reliance on one or two markets. Oil seeds used to make edible oils are the top U.S. export to China along with grains, together accounting for over $25 billion last year, far ahead of other goods like semiconductors. In light of the export drop, the secretary urged American exporters not to over-rely on the Chinese market. Coming up, TikTok could cause absolute chaos in the 2024 election. Those words come from Congressman Mike Gallagher, chair of the House Select Committee on the Chinese Communist Party, or CCP. He called TikTok a public discourse tool of the CCP. What's the extent of the threat the Chinese regime poses? And how is Beijing riding on the U.S. election outcome? To discuss, we sit down with Andrew Thornbrook, national security correspondent for the Epic Times. More on that after the break here on China in Focus.
Welcome back to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. A congressman says the Chinese Communist Party could be interfering with the 2024 presidential race through social media giant TikTok. That's as a recent report shows China-based agents used AI to mimic voters during the 2022 midterm election cycle. How big of a concern is this and what needs to be done? We speak to Andrew Thornbrook, national security correspondent for the Epic Times, for more. Andrew Thornbrook, thank you so much for joining us. Great to have you back on the show. Pleasure to be here, Tiffany. Thank you so much. As the election cycle is heating up, Chairman of the House Select Committee on the CCP, Mike Gallagher, is saying that TikTok could actually cause absolute chaos in the upcoming election. How do you read this? Is this an actual threat? Yeah, so it certainly is. Uh, the, the reasoning for this is essentially the indirect control or at least influence that the Chinese Communist Party has over uh, the algorithm at TikTok and what it promotes. So in the past, we've had TikTok officials admit to uh, essentially either censoring content at the request of the Chinese Communist Party or heating content, right, and basically artificially inflating how much it is shared. Uh, which has given rise to, uh, I mean, real concern that this could be used essentially as a giant propaganda tool for the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, TikTok officials now say that they don't do that anymore, but there's, of course, no reason to suspect that's true. Uh, there, there's no evidence to, to say either way. So it's a very difficult situation, especially now that uh, so many young people are getting their news from TikTok first before anywhere else. On that last point, to your point, Pew Research is noting that one-third of Americans under the age of 30 get their news from TikTok. That's a 255% increase from 2020. How do you read that trend? How concerning is that? It's incredibly concerning. In fact, uh, TikTok, I mean, so it, it's nearly doubled, right? It's Since 2020, it, it's just skyrocketed the number of people who use TikTok as their first source for news. And this is a time when people are really otherwise coming to understand how social media can be quite inadequate in this regard. We see people on Twitter and other platforms decreasingly uh, using those platforms for news. But on TikTok, uh, particularly among this younger generation, uh, it, it's a first source. It's the go-to, as it were. And to one of your earlier points, Congressman did go on, Congressman Gallagher did go on to call this part of the CCP's, quote, magic weapon as Chinese companies are beholden to the party and TikTok's parent company is ByteDance. Now, give us a sense of the national security implications that this brings up. Yeah, so there's several. The first, of course, is the propaganda issue and that because of the control of ByteDance over TikTok and uh, the Chinese Communist Party's influence within that uh, organization, the Chinese Communist Party can direct the content, essentially control what Americans are going to see, particularly going into an election cycle. This uh, carries quite big, quite large implications. Um, the other facet of this is the data. So, of course, United States, American citizens using TikTok give that app so much of their data, far more even than other social media platforms. And social media platforms are, are notorious for this already, but TikTok goes further. It has key loggers where if you use the browser, the in-app browser, it'll it'll log your passwords, for example. Uh, it has a lot of biometric information that it is stored. Uh, and TikTok has admitted that a lot of this data is still stored overseas. And if it's stored in mainland China, the thing is the Chinese Communist Party has laws, meaning that allow them to access and keep that data. 
um, what well, its data is stored in mainland China, the Chinese Communist Party will not let it leave mainland China uh, without its permission. So Americans using that app could have all of their personal information stored in China, uh, which could be used for numerous nefarious purposes. And now it seems it's not just TikTok. Meta actually says it has taken down thousands of accounts that were based inside China, but acting as Americans, posting partisan points ahead of this 2024 election. Now, given these foreign influence campaigns that we are seeing, what can the U.S. do, given that we do have First Amendment rights in this country? Yeah, so this is a big issue. And, uh, you know, we, we've seen this across virtually every major and even smaller platforms. Uh, Meta's released data on this. Microsoft's released data on this. We've seen increasingly coordinated attempts from China-based actors to essentially pretend to be Americans and sow dissent or di division along polarizing topics. Um, and this is an issue where the United States is really going to have to do better to try to limit foreign influence over social media companies. Um, which gets tricky when you're trying to protect civil liberties. So one of the things that Chairman Gallagher got to was that the issue is not as much that bad information exists online. That's always going to be a problem. The issue is to what extent do foreign adversarial powers hold over these networks themselves? Um, and that, that's that's much trickier. You know, th these aren't just a few bots that are pushing around wrong information or maybe driving up sales for a product. This is an app that could potentially be used by a foreign government to sow disinformation against our population with the intention of undermining its democratic processes. And, and that's a much different threat. Indeed. Well, Andrew Thornbrook, thank you so much for your time. Thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. That's all for today's China In Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. If you have any feedback on the show or have something you'd like to see us cover, send us an email at chinainfocusntd.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for watching. See you tomorrow.